the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now he's just messing with us. Yeah, we've now been subjected to the friendly, smirking, uh, smug face of Dr. Anthony Fauci for almost a year. First, he was telling us that, uh, you know, we don't need masks, and it was kind of dumb to think that they'd even help. Then he said things wouldn't start to get back to normal until we get a vaccine. Well, now we have a vaccine, and he's saying that eh, it probably won't be until 2022 before we're back to normal. Here's, here's what he told the L.A. Times. This is a quote. Hopefully by the time we start entering 2022, we really will have a degree of normality that will approximate the kind of normality we've been used to. What kind of a moronic statement is that? I mean, what is the degree of normality that will approximate the kind of normality we've been used to? Isn't that, you know, normality? What kind of a more uh, just uh. anyway, this was after he had said not too long ago that we should be back to normal uh, by mid fall. And he's also throwing around Christmas uh, as a time when things uh, might be, you know, normal, which isn't really that far from mid fall. But, you know, Christmas is only really four days after the start of winter. But anyway, uh, that's what he's been out there saying. He's either unbelievably stupid or he is messing with us. I can see him sitting in his basement. He's he's wearing a white coat, rubbing his hands together and cackling as he thinks about the next statement he's going to make that will drive millions of people nuts and maybe even cause a few more thousand deaths. I'm I'm beginning to think he he plans these statements and then he he goes on national TV and spits them out and then he goes home to watch the reaction from the media, watches TV and watches himself on in video on videos and looks at the uh, Internet and sees what's being said about him and uh, wants to see what the uh, the peasants are saying about him. Uh, and he knows that the peasants are out there hanging on his every word. Then he cackles some more. I mean, how does a guy like this get to maintain his credibility for this long? Not to mention keep his job, which is the highest-paying job in the federal government, by the way, at $475,000 a year. If Trump were still president, would Fauci still have his job? I don't think so. Now, I saw somewhere that he had said that even if you have had two shots, two vaccinations, you really shouldn't begin to believe that it's okay for you to go out and, you know, mingle with people and hang out in a crowded restaurant if there is such a thing. So, after getting a vaccine to protect you from a disease from which you have a 99.9% chance of survival, you should still be afraid. Nothing should scare any of us more than the evil Dr. Fauci, who's still out there every day. And as I said, we're coming up on a year. When we come back after the break, we'll talk to David Harsani of National Review, who's written about just how out of control Dr. Fauci is. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 percent vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. 
But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets warning listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity the john steigerwald show on am 1250 the answer well as i said when i opened the show it's reached the point where it's easy to imagine the uh, the evil dr fauci sitting in a lab somewhere or maybe in his basement uh, rubbing his hands together and cackling as he thinks about the next statement he can make that will affect the lives of millions of people the peasants out there David Harsadi, senior writer at National Review, has a piece up today, or maybe it was yesterday, but anyway, it's up there with the headline, Fauci is not your God, and he joins us now. David, thanks for being here. It's been a while since you've been on, but always good to have you. Thanks. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. So, uh, has uh, the doctor actually achieved mad scientist status at this point, or is he at least approaching it? <laughs> I don't know if it's that. I think it's more um, a guy who's preserved his own position for a very long time. And he's, you know, he is perhaps not as uh, smart or as, um, you know, about public policy as he thinks he is. And he's just sort of mad with power rather. Uh, So, yeah, mad scientist, I guess. Mad with power. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I... I, I just get the impression from looking at him, and I when I see his face pop up on the TV, I, I can't even look at it. I got to turn it off. But um, I, I I think of a guy who um, he's he's eighty years old, so he's been around a long time. He's been in government a long time. He's been in the position that he's in for a long time, and um, he this is his. He spent a year. He's finally had the opportunity to be a big deal, and his. His job of being an expert on viruses wasn't all that glamorous, even though it may have been important. But all of a sudden, at a, a very late in life, people are hanging on his every word, and it's gone to his head. I mean, maybe that's uh, some amateur psychoanalysis that I shouldn't be doing, or maybe it's an exaggeration or a simplification, but that's what I think is going on. 
Well, I, I don't know what's going on in his head, but I do know that in the past year, he's been wrong about a lot of stuff. And uh, right. he was wrong about masks early on. And he didn't, you know, the revisionist history on that is that he was trying to stop a run on masks and all that. But that's not true. I went back and, and reread his comments. And they're about, you know, he gives very specific reasons why masks w- would not be good. Now, maybe they're not as good as, you know, or effective as we think, but whatever. He changed his mind. Then he lied about herd immunity. He said it was a l- far lower number then later admitted that he lied because he was trying to not get our hopes up and trying to coax us to behave in a certain way. Well, that's not his job. He's a public health official. He's a bureaucrat. He's supposed to give us information, not uh, be our life coach or, or whatever. And then, you know, recently he's talking, he keeps downplaying the efficacy of vaccines and that is wrong. I mean, vaccines are helping us. We can go back to normal soon and we should go back to normal because what's happened has been destructive and he keeps saying things like we can't go, you know, even after we get a vaccine, we can't go into, you know, dying in a restaurant. Well, people are already doing that all over the country. I don't know what he's even talking about anymore. Uh, it's uh, it's insane. Uh, the, you made a good point there about uh, the masks. Um, the, 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 first of all, they the, when when this thing started, um, we were all going to die. I mean, it was this, this was a, like a, a getting the disease was the next closest thing to a death sentence. That's what they were, would have us believe in the first month or so of this. And while that's going, while they're telling us that how much danger we're all in if we would catch this deadly disease, he uh, was telling us that we don't need masks. Uh, and then he tries to revise that to say, well, actually, you probably did need masks, but I didn't want him to run, run out of them at the hospital. Well, if that's true, then he was telling he was giving people advice that would have caused them to die based on, you know, what was out there about the disease at the time he said it. it, it, it you can't reconcile it. Right. And now, even if I say, listen, people got things wrong, it was a new you know, it was something new, the pandemic, and we didn't really know I was going to act, and even experts didn't know, fine. But then, you know, why lie about it later? And also, why why does he want to centralize control of how everyone has to deal with the pandemic? The other day he said, first of all, he said that the United States has had it worse than, uh, you know, reacted more, worse than anyone in the world, which is objectively right. false. But then he said... Um, that, uh, you know, if we had a more centralized government and if we had a more centralized control from D.C., forget the words he used, then we would have been better off. Well, where is the evidence for that? He praised New York as the best place. He praised New York as the model, and they have a higher death rate than any country in the world, fatality rate. So, I, I, you know, everything he says, not everything he says, but many of the things he says are simply untrue. And, you know, he should act in his capacity as a health official, and people should not treat him as some kind of saint or all-knowing, you know, uh, public official when he's not elected. Um, and he should not have the kind of power he does. But I, I bet you that Joe Biden will do whatever Fauci tells him to do. And then, by the way, just let me add this quickly, he's, uh, you know, he's kind of a coward when it comes to other things like schools. He oh, knows yeah. that the science says that you can reopen schools, but yet he won't come out and say it. He sort of he's always wiggles around when they ask him about it. Yeah, and he's, as you said, he's still out there trying to sell the idea of a, a one-size-fits-all strategy for the country, you know, which would mean that people in some rural county in Wyoming would be uh, acting the same as people here in Allegheny County near Pittsburgh. Um, uh, hasn't that already been proven to be a bad idea in most states? That, you know, uh, having an all one-size-fits-all uh, policy in Pennsylvania is a bad idea. Not much yeah, less the I entire agree. country. Sure. Communities have different kinds of social habits. They have different kinds of people. They have different... Everything's different about it. That's why America is, is set up the way it's set up from the beginning. Yeah. So we can all live in a big country and have uh, local control. And let me... You know, in Britain, where they have centralized control and socialized medicine, and I don't mean it like they have actual socialized medicine. The government runs the hospitals. They employ yeah. the doctors, everything. They have they have a higher fatality rate than we do, so where is where is the evidence that a more centralized response would have been better? I, I just he never provides any; just says it. Yeah, I um, I've been talking to some people in Canada. Speaking of socialized medicine, and uh, a woman I know was telling me that she she needed a uh, a CAT scan, uh, and I think she's been waiting since October to get one, um, hmm. and. That's Canada. That's the way things are up there, and it's a long wait anyway for stuff like that there. But having the the 
uh, total hysteria and panic that has captured uh, Canada, which is worse than here, in case you didn't know. Um, and it's almost impossible to get anything done in a hospital if it's not uh, related to COVID. It's a, it's a scary thing. And so um, uh, Dr. Fauci has been a big fan of Andy Cuomo, as you said. How does this guy, Fauci, I mean, have any credibility left if he's still out there singing the praises of Cuomo, who is, seems to be maybe about 15 minutes away from being impeached? Right. Well, he didn't say it now, but he said it in the midst of when it was all going yeah. on. Yeah. And so and that's right. That's when it matters what you say. It doesn't matter what you say now. It matters what you say now, but it matters what you're saying when it's happening. And he said that that was the model state. It was, they had done it right and, you know, what did New York do? Well, they had they, they had basically made Andrew Cuomo the dictator of the state. He trampled on people's civil rights when he felt like it. And he had the highest fatality rate. And he made one the single most deadly mistake in the whole pandemic by sending uh, infect or allowing infected people to go back into the nursing homes, which also New York spread it around, the, spread the disease around the country. I mean, the New York Times had a big piece about that, tracing it back to New York. So how are you supposed to trust someone as an all-knowing, uh, you know, health official when he can't even get anything right? Now, people write me and say, who are you? Where do you get your doctorate? Well, I didn't. Right. And I don't, want, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I want right. a public health official to get it right, or he's not doing a good job and should be fired. And the job of the media, and that would include you and me, uh, the job is to um, is tell the people that this guy who we're all believing in, uh, he's not doing that good of a job, and I've done some research, and here's, here are some of the little bits of evidence that I found. Isn't that kind of what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, I mean, we should be. That's not actually what we should be doing. I should be just writing um, snarky columns about stuff, and the media should be asking him serious questions about his mistakes. The problem right, right. is they don't do their job, and so I have to do, do things like this. But, I mean... Um, they're scared to ask. I mean, they never ask him any really tough questions. They never challenge him because he's a doctor and everyone's scared to challenge him, which is ridiculous. I'm not saying that we shouldn't respect the knowledge of doctors and experts, but we have every right to be skeptical and challenged. And that's the point of journal. That should be the point of journalism. Um, but they're not doing their job. See, I wish that someone would uh, tattoo on his forehead the number uh, 99.8 or whatever the whatever the survival rate is for the for the disease, that number should be tattooed on his head so that you keep that in mind with everything that he says. That that should be kept in mind when when they're spreading the fear and the panic and the hysteria. Um, you know, this. Yeah. Are you aware of any major uh, David National figure who's been wrong about as many things and still has a job? I, I don't know of one. So maybe John Kerry isn't he the climate czar? <laughs> yeah. Um, He's been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Fauci's been wrong, and, and but the problem is not just that he's wrong; it's that he is still arrogant and still, uh, you know, telling us. I saw him today saying, "This is what we can't and can't do." It's not up to him to let me tell me what I can't do, right. and uh, he, he he speaks like some kind of you know authoritarian, and to me that's a big problem because a lot of people act that way and listen to him, right? And uh, yeah. you know, you know, there's well, and, so much of it we can and, do. And shouldn't the media be blamed for some of that? Because if you see him, uh, I don't care what network he's on, everybody defers to him. And, and as you said, nobody challenges him. And, and, and people ask him, uh, so, Dr. Fauci, when will we be allowed to go back to restaurants? And then, they, then he's supposed to give you the answer to that. Right. You know, it's funny. I get it why a doctor sees the world only through the prism of health, right? So they only see yeah. it through the things that they care about. But, you know, there are a right. million trade-offs here. We can, he says the baseline, even if it's, you know, a small number of the baselines too high. No, it's not. We have a million things we could die from and the baseline isn't too high. We still drive. We still do a million things that are dangerous because that's life. We, we are not promised total safety. But nanny state people like Fauci and the CDC, which has turned from away from science to be our, you know, to act like our parents on butter and popcorn and whatever, um, do not, you know, they they only see the world through one issue, and that is, and if we if we structured our world that way, we'd live in a, a, a dictatorship of health, right? So that's yeah. not really. Uh, it's not really how um, we view the world. That's why we have people to make public policy, and he was never elected to do that. 
We're talking to David Harsani. He's senior writer at National Review. Um, so what is going to make him happy enough to leave us alone? Because the vaccine doesn't seem to have done it. I know. And it's the, the news on the vaccine is incredibly positive. You know, I, I'm sure your listeners have read this, but, you know, now we, we know that maybe even one dose of the Pfizer vaccine is enough to get you to 90 something percent. You're not uh, it's not just stopping the disease. It's stopping people from spreading it. Um, and other, you know, so it's just a lot of good news. And you would never know it listening to him. We're not, you know, he, now he's telling you to put two masks on. I mean, it's just insanity. I, you know, I, I'm not one of these anti-science, anti-mask people. If, if, if you want me to go into Target and you want me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. But the, the idea that we're going to have to keep doing that in perpetuity, basically, because someone might be in danger, that's just not it. We can't live our lives that way. We never have, and I, I just don't think people will. Well, this is a guy who said that, like, in the first week of this, he said if, if, if this causes us all to stop shaking hands forever, that'll be a good thing. He's, he's a, definitely opposed to handshaking. So, <laughs> I used to be anti-social myself, yeah. but you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. I think it's been destructive to our, you know, to to our lives, where you can't have these little moments with strangers, where you just even smile at someone or shake their hand, yeah. or every time I approach someone, they act like I'm trying to kill them. So that's not a healthy way for society function. No, I got I got a little bit of time left, and uh, with David Harsani, but you're also the author of First Freedom. A ride through America's enduring history with the gun, and we've had you on the show here before to talk about uh, Second Amendment. So I just wanted to ask you, what's coming down the road, as far as you uh, believe, uh, from this new administration for gun control? The big guy seems to like it a lot. He does. Well, he's promised to, to do some things, um, ban assault weapons, which is just a made-up term that he has, and 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 many gun control people have, and to I forget what else, tax ammunition higher and, and do different kinds of background checks. They keep pretending that there aren't white, you know, that most people aren't background checks. They want to stop you from being able to, for instance, give your gun to your son or your, your brother or, or things like that. Um, I, I don't see a very bright future for them because I, the, the Congress is very close and there are a few Democrats in swing districts that probably, maybe even in Pennsylvania, probably wouldn't be able to go along with that sort of thing. Um, and the Senate is, you know, tied, you know, basically Democratic Senate, but I, it seems very unlikely to me you're going to pass any kind of legislation like that. Based on what's happened uh, recently, how confident are you in the Supreme Court uh, and, um, and its uh, adherence to the originalist idea of the Second Amendment? I'm always worried when a case goes there. I was very worried back when Heller went went to the Supreme Court. That turned out okay, even though many states simply ignore it. Um, but I think right now, if you keep pushing, for instance, assault weapon bans, and then a case goes all the way to the Supreme Court, I don't think that gun restrictionists want that because it's a dangerous moment for them. Um, but we'll see. So but I'm always worried is the answer. But uh Right now, I think, uh, you know, gun rights are pretty secure, and there's been a massive, and I, I mean this quite literally, a massive boom in gun buying. It's maybe the biggest boom or spike in American history. Last year, I think there were 8.4 million people, new gun owners. So that is huge. And I think the more gun owners there are, the harder it will be to pass things like, you know, you know restrictions on, on gun ownership. Yeah, so uh, I, you've written about that. The the people are out there buying guns, and, and there's no reason to believe that's going to slow down, is there? Uh, it depends. I mean, if you have people wanting to pass, defund the police bills and things like that, or there's more, you know, an outbreak of, of, of riots again, as we had last summer, people will, people will uh, certainly buy more guns. Also, whenever you have Democrats in power, they threaten to pass gun legislation, gun control legislation, you have people buying guns. So all the factors right now say that that'll continue. I doubt it will continue to the level of last year where you had people felt helpless with COVID and then you had the summer, you know, all the riots and people felt helpless then. So I, you know, look, you know, I, I hope that doesn't happen again, but, uh, you know, so you, it'll probably be uh, less than it was, but it's still a good clip. Hey, David, I'm out of time. It's always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on again. Hope to do it again soon. Always fun. Thanks for having me.
Okay, that's David Harsani. He's senior editor at National Review, senior writer, I should say, at National Review, and we'll be right back. With FRA News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A Senate hearing examining what went wrong with the law enforcement response to the January 6th Capitol insurrection has come to an end. House Rules Committee Chairwoman Amy Klobuchar said afterward that it's clear action needs to be taken. That's after security officials who were in charge that day described confusion during the attack and intelligence failures that failed to predict the violence that would break out. The U.S. Senate voted 92 to 7 today to confirm Tom Vilsack as Agriculture Secretary. The former Iowa governor spent eight years leading the same department for former President Barack Obama. In his testimony, Vilsack, who is now 70 years old, heavily endorsed boosting climate-friendly agricultural industries such as the creation of biofuels. Golfer Tiger Woods hospitalized today after his vehicle overturned in a car crash in California. On Wall Street, the Dow closed up 15 points. More on these stories at SRNews.com. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. On the next Am Prof show, amgreatness.com's Julie Kelly sits in for me. She'll speak with Dinesh D'Souza as to the Never Trumpers response to Rush Limbaugh's death. And Michael Anton previews President Trump's speech at CPAC this weekend. All that's coming up on the next Dan Proft Show. If you've got questions, we've got answers. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left. Grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand up to cancer and rally. Want you to reduce your risk for cancer go to take a healthy stand hey i'm andy if you don't know me it's probably because i'm not famous but i did start a men's grooming company called harry's the idea for harry's came out of a frustrating experience i had buying razor blades most brands were overpriced overdesigned, and out of touch at harry's our approach is simple here's our secret we make sharp durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as two dollars each we care about quality so much that we do some crazy things like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com. Code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the parkway, he's going to see some slowing inbound Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge, taking you just a couple extra minutes. Outbound looking in good shape right now. Parkway West moving along at nice speeds in both directions. Accident East McKeesport area 148 at Park Avenue. Also seeing some road damage on Way Hollow Road that's uh, shut down between Woodland Road and Backbone Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 30. It'll be windy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect an afternoon shower in the area with a high of 52. Breezy tomorrow evening. Otherwise, we'll see considerable clouds with a low of 29. Periods of sunshine on tap for Thursday. Thursday will reach a high of 38. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Since the, uh, the COVID hysteria began, parents have had to deal with what to do about their kids being home from school. Some parents still have jobs to go to away from home. Not everybody's working at home these days. And when things do get back to normal, it may surprise you to hear that most parents still think that one parent should stay home with the kids. That's what a study by American Compass found out. Wells King is research director at American Compass, and he joins us now. Thanks for being here. Uh, Wells, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show, John. Good to be here. Okay, so how popular is the idea of one parent staying home with the kids these days? Well, it's uh, certainly what working parents would prefer. Uh, You know, we did a survey of parenting-age Americans and just asked them very simply, uh, how would you prefer to balance work and parenting um, when you're raising young kids? And uh, by far and away, the option that most Americans prefer is the traditional one, which is one full-time breadwinner and one stay-at-home parent. Yeah, and and I, I, with with so many women going back to work and 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 claiming to enjoy it and prefer it to staying at home, I, I just thought I found those numbers to be kind of surprising when I saw the saw the graph that uh, married women um, prefer uh, one parent staying at home. And I'm going to make the maybe it's sexist of me to do it, but I'm going to make the assumption that they're considering it that that they're they're preferring them it be themselves, you know, the woman who stays home. Is that true? You know, I, 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 I have to imagine that that's probably the case. You know, we, we found that a majority of women, 53% of married moms, would prefer a stay-at-home parent when they're raising their young kids. Uh, and married fathers, too, uh, also by and large, would prefer to have a breadwinner and a stay-at-home parent. And I grew up in the middle of the 20th century, and I talk about it here all the time. Uh, just about every house had a one-car garage in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And uh, I go for walks in, in uh, some of the older neighborhoods where there are some nice, uh, high-priced uh, homes and really nice neighborhoods. But these houses have one car, uh, one garage for one car. Uh, everybody's yep. mother was home all day. Is it surprising that parents still think that's a good idea? Because, you know, every car has two, every house has at least two garages now. Yeah, well, we definitely have to scuttle kids off to uh, school and soccer practice and so on. But what I think you're hitting on is the fact that I think the way that at least we tend to think about family life has definitely changed. Um, But I think it's probably changed a little too much for elites in Washington, who I think definitely tend to think that most Americans have two full-time earners and want two full-time earners. But as we found, that's not the case. Most certainly parents when they're married and raising children, they want at least one parent staying at home and raising those kids. And so when we're talking about policy debates, we have to bear that in mind, that that's their stated preference. It's not just always two full-time earners and everyone is going off uh, to work in the morning. Uh, 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 married moms want to stay at home, by and large. Well, so I have a question for you because uh, – I. Um it's again. It gets kind of back to the same idea with uh, all the mothers that I knew as a kid. All my friends' mothers were home. How was it back that when I grew up and uh, and babies were booming? Because I'm one of those. Uh, families were able to get by with one full time worker and no help from the government. I mean, everybody's mother was home. Everybody's dad went to work, and everybody seemed to be okay. I mean, I was living in a middle-class neighborhood, and I wasn't surrounded by poverty, but I was surrounded by everybody whose mother was at home. Well, that is certainly the million-dollar question in these debates. The question is, what happened to the breadwinner wage? How was it uh, that there was a point in time when most Americans could support a family on one income, and today they can't? 
I think there are a number of reasons why that's the case. I think a lot of it is deindustrialization, just the decline of good blue-collar working-class jobs for people without college degrees. I think a lot of it is immigration and high immigration rates, especially at the bottom end, pushing down wages and forcing all kinds of, 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 um, uh, of competition among those of the lowest skills. Uh, there's a lot at play there, but what we definitely know for a fact is, uh, is that, you know, it's, it, it's much more difficult now, uh, to support a growing family on one income than it used to be. Yeah. And I, um, I pay $214 a month to watch television. I pay another, uh, uh I guess $150 a month, uh, for, you know, for my wife and, and, and me to, to have a phone. Um, and that's not we, – we watched TV for free back then. Of course, we didn't, there wasn't yep. anything to watch, but, but it was free. So there are and, – and everybody had one car. That's why there was one garage. But you got to have two cars and cable, and so those things didn't exist. Somebody's got to pay for yep. them, right? So, so one report that we put out um, last year was called the Cost of Thriving Index, really tapped into this very point, which just looked at what are those core elements – of a thriving family life, right? A house, a car, education, healthcare, right? Those are the basic components. And it just looked, um, you know, how long would it take for uh, your typical man working uh, a typical job to uh, pay for those things for his family? Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be that you could do that in, in, you know, in, you know, in 30 or so weeks. Now it's 53 weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, to, 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 to be able to provide and support a family on one income. Uh, obviously, that's impossible, and that, I think, is exactly the challenge that we face, is that a lot of the a core things that we, that, 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 that we consider to be a part of the American dream, right, the house, the car, school for kids, health care, uh, these things are just unaffordable now. Uh, and so uh, mothers who may prefer to stay at home with their kids are having to work, and fathers are bringing home less for their family. Yeah, and of course there were um, there were more kids in each house either. Also back then, that's why it was. That's why I'm called a baby boomer. Um, yep. It wasn't. There weren't two fa- two kids in the ho- home. There were four and five. There was five and there were five in mine. Uh, and I had friends with eight, nine siblings, ten siblings. They don't you don't see that now? Not very often. Yeah, this is one of, I think, the biggest tragedies of American life today is not just that families are shrinking, but that parents, by and large, want larger families. Um, when you look at uh, American stated preferences in terms of how many kids they would ideally want to have, it's, it's well above the actual number of kids that they have. And there are a number of reasons for this, right? People are getting married later. Folks are working and want to maintain their careers. One of the things that we looked at in our survey is for those people that want to have more kids and are married and have a partner um, but can't have more kids, why is it? And by and large, what we found for lower working and middle class Americans, it's that they can't afford to have more children, that it has just become too expensive to raise children today. Uh, That is a fundamental problem that our policymakers uh, and thinkers need to address if we're going to build back the American family and restore that American dream you were that that that, that you were able to experience last century. So uh, the the, uh, the the program for American Compass that the American Compass is uh, involved in is called uh, Home Building Public Policy for the American Family. Um, what is that all about, and what's the goal? Well, so. The home building collection is really a forum. It's organizing, I think, some of the brightest minds among conservatives to think about our present family policy challenges. Sort of what has happened to the family that we've gotten to this place? What needs to be done? What are the core problems? And then what are policies to address it? And as a part of that collection, the home building collection, um, uh, Oren Cass, our executive director, and I have outlined a proposal that we call the Family Income Supplemental Credit which is essentially a form of social insurance that we, um, that, that we have outlined to support working parents um, by supplementing their income and, and giving them just a little bit more cash each month uh, for them to be able to support their kids and grow their families. Um, and we're talking to Wells King. He's Research Director at American Compass. But what you described there, Wells, does not sound like a conservative, something that a conservative would be quick to, to, 
to support um, a, 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 a family allowance? Like a, is it called a child allowance? No, we definitely want to move away from a child allowance. And I think there are a lot of problems with a child allowance. One, it's condescending, I think, right, to suggest that kids need some kind of allowance, that families need this. And I don't like the idea that it's for the child. And, and, and instead, I think the way that we should think about this, and this is the way conservatives should think about this, is that the fundamental problem is that the time when people most want to have children and can't have children is also the time when they can least afford to have children, right? It's when they're youngest and their earnings are lowest. And so all this is doing is trying to solve that basic problem. And so, you know, so, so for instance, right now you're seeing some proposals, say from Senator Romney, to provide a universal child allowance. What we're suggesting is instead for working parents who have, who, who have earnings and at least have a working parent, that they receive some money each month to support them and their growing families, and then they pay back into this type of system as they work going forward. So think of it kind of like Social Security, but it's for parents and not for retirees. So it's not, it's not welfare? It's definitely not a form of welfare. In, 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 in fact, unlike uh, some proposals for a child allowance, which essentially want to replace the safety net with a child allowance, we keep the safety net in place because this is not a welfare program. All this is a way of solving, I think, a very basic problem, which is, right, that your earnings earliest on in your career when you most want to have kids uh, are, are, are lower and such that you can't afford to have the kids you want. Uh, and so really what this is more of is a form of social insurance. And we like to call it a social compact uh, that, that we as a country agree uh, uh, that, that, that families should be supported, but it's working families and not just the most poor. It's not a welfare program. It's, it's instead a way of ensuring that people can receive the earnings they would otherwise receive in the future, but today when they most want to have kids and are, and are raising children. Yeah, you know, and what's the what's the difference in the taxes that are being paid, uh, property sales, um, and income tax that people are paying now that they weren't paying fifty years ago for a family? I mean, well, taxes if, if you, have, well, 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 taxes have certainly increased for a lot of families, and I think that this is a, a big challenge. And obviously, uh, with President Trump, he made this a priority. Uh, to cut taxes for the middle class. I think that was a really smart step. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the tax cut was quite enough to make sure that working parents uh, receive the money that they need to be able to raise their kids. Um, but we have to look at taxes. I think you're absolutely right. And we have to look at all of the regulations, too, I think, that raise the cost of things like education and health care and housing, the sort of core parts of the American dream and family life. I think we have to look at those as conservatives and find ways to cut back the size of government and bring down prices so that family life is more affordable. Now, is this is this uh, would your uh, proposal or your plan include uh, getting a check every month or how how would you how would you realize this this uh, help from the government? I mean, how would it how would how would it show up in your paycheck? Yeah, so so this would be a check each month, but only for Americans who are work, who, who worked the previous year. Um, okay. so it would be a check each mail uh, each month to uh, to to families administered by Social Security. Um, but again, it's only for families that have uh, a, a breadwinner or working parents in the family. We're talking to Wells King. He's research director at American Compass. Um, so um, families used to begin with a marriage, uh, Wells. Uh, almost yep. again, I hate to keep referring to myself, but I, I, I have a, I have a, uh, I have experience with this, and I and I can yep. I have a reference point. Um, but when I, by the time I was twenty five, I was married, and so were just about every one of my friends. Seems like thirty five is the new twenty five. What has that done to, to make things different financially for people? Well, it's definitely meant um, that, that, uh, that, that, that folks are having fewer children than they would want, right? When you're getting yeah. married at 35 as opposed to 25, there's only so much time you have to have children. Um, that is certainly the case. But I think also what we're seeing is that the expectation that everyone ha- has to get a college degree um, 
uh, and that they have to earn up to a certain point to just be able to afford the basics of family life, that they're having to delay and postpone getting married and starting families. Um, so this is not just a problem of the fact that our culture's changed, which is that was the case, but it's also the fact that, right, that our economy has changed, where we expect that everyone goes out and gets at least a college degree, and also that we expect that people uh, earn considerably more before they start a family because housing and health care uh, and everything else is so much more expensive than it used to be. So you have to wait and postpone marriage and child rearing. Um, yeah. Again, this is, I think, a huge problem we have to address. If we really want families to thrive and we want you know, large growing families where, where if mom wants to stay at home or dad wants to stay at home, that they can, um, uh, then, then we have to address that problem. Uh, and I think there are a number of ways we could address it through uh, uh, through education reform, housing reform, tax reform, a number of different ways. I only have a few seconds left, Wells. Uh, where, where can people find uh, this uh, this uh, project that you guys have done? This this they can um, they can go building. to American Com- they, 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 they can go to dot org and find it on our homepage. Um, that that is the best place for them to go. They can also go to uh, americancompass.org slash collection slash home building and find it there. Uh, but americancompass.org. Hey, Wells, I, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Good stuff. Thank you, John. It's great to be on. Okay. Thank you. That's Wells King. You can find it at americancompass.org. We'll be right back. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and the Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. 2021's the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. 
We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, who would have thought uh, that a year, almost a year ago, that we would still be talking about whether or not there would be fans allowed at uh, games this coming baseball season? I don't, know, I don't know if you were aware of it or not, but the Pirates are in spring training and they open the season. They're supposed to open the season in a little bit over a month. Um, and uh, the governor of Ohio, DeWine, who I, I get the feeling he's kind of a rhino, but uh, he has said that he expects to have uh, 25% st- uh, state, uh, 30% capacity in the Reds and Indians games this coming uh, spring. And, of course, everybody in the ballpark will have to have a mask on. So I w- there is not a chance on this earth that I would want to go sit at a baseball game and wear a mask for three hours. Uh, just not I wouldn't for any sport, not doing it. But, I mean, if I went and that was the rule, I would wear it. But I, I just would not go... Uh, to um, a game and sit there for three hours with a mask on. Just sorry, not going to do it. So I don't know how many people are going to be willing to do that. I guess there will always be enough out there to um, to fill a stadium with 30%, but we'll see. But uh, what about PNC Park? I don't know. What uh, I th- From what I understand, the Penguins have asked His Excellency Tom Wolfe if they could have 2,500 stinking people at a Penguins game, and he said no. I guess people will die if that happens, and there'll be death in the streets, and you know the refrigerated uh, trucks will be pulling up to haul all the bodies and everything. So uh, they can't do that. But at least they're starting to talk about letting us, allowing us into a stadium to watch a ball game with a mask. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.